really all through the Gospel of John, there's this, this who are you, who is Jesus? Um, and it's, it's a consistent theme. So Jesus says in verse 48, the Jews answered him, are we not right saying that you are a Samaritan and have a demon? Jesus answered, I do not have a demon, but I honor my father and you dishonor me, yet I do not seek my own glory. There is one who seeks it, and he is the judge. Truly, truly, I say to you, if anyone keeps my word, he will never see death. The Jews said, now we know that you have a demon. Abraham died, as did the prophets, yet you say, word is death. Are you greater than our father Abraham, who died? And the prophet died, who do you make yourself out to be? Jesus answered, I glorify myself is nothing. It is my Father who glorifies me, of whom you are God. But you have not known him. I know him. If I were to say that I do not know him, I would be a liar like you. But I do know him, and I keep his word. Father Abraham rejoiced that he would see my day. He saw it and was glad. So the Jews said to him, You are not yet fifty years old, and you've seen Abraham? Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was born, I am. So they picked up stones to stone him, but Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple. And may the Lord bless the study of his word as we take a few minutes to, to look through it. Lord God Almighty, thank you that this is the word of the Lord. It is the word of God speaking to man. Cause us to consider it and to grow in our understanding of who Jesus is and therefore whom we ought to be all. So in response, thank you, Lord, for your word. Amen. Well, one of the big uh, things in, in the modern world, big problems, is identity theft. It's, it's sometimes the people steal your identity, really, to make money out of you, to rob you. And so, for example, they get you details in a scam from your bank account, um, or if they do something illegal in your name, respond unless you can prove otherwise. And they'd use your driving license, your passport, they'll borrow your name, and you lose. That's what the whole idea of identity theft is. And sometimes you have to go to great lengths to disprove the, the situation, to prove who you are. Identity theft it is. And it, it is very much a phenomenon. Excuse me. As you, as you get older, your eyes fail. Uh, but the devil ought to question Jesus' identity. Remember when Jesus was in the desert, the devil said to him, if you really are the son of God, do this. And it's, it's this questioning all the time. And whether it was anything, the Jews questioned him as well. They said, who do you think you are? And we're going to look this morning, who is Jesus Christ? Who is he? Um, the devil has consistently sought to undermine the person and the work of Jesus. And if identity is a thing, the next best thing is, is calling into question someone's integrity, calling into question their sanity, mocking them, calling them names. And that's what the Jews are doing here. You're a demon-possessed, you're a Samaritan, all these sorts of things. Well, throughout the Gospel of John, it's, it's constantly coming up. And always you do, if you're opposed to someone, you try to attack their character, you bring them down. So, for example, in, in the war in Ukraine, uh, one of the 
the things that uh, Vladimir Putin does when he's talking about Ukrainians, he says, they're all Nazis, they're just a bunch of Nazis, and that's a very broad term, and so it's just name-calling. But if you say it often enough, people will begin to think, maybe it, because mud sticks, as we know. Um, and Jesus finally puts it to them. He tells them who he is here in a both ambiguous and yet very clear way for those who knew the scriptures. Jesus that phrase, I am. Now, Jesus had already phrased on a number of occasions. I think it's, it's seven times Jesus uses the I am. I am the good shepherd. I am the bread of life. I am the door. It's, it's, he's describing himself. But when he says here, I am, he is making a statement to those who knew their scriptures. And one thing you could say about the Jews Jesus were de was dealing with, they knew their theology far better than we did quite often, than we do. Um, but they knew what Jesus was getting to. When he was saying, I am, he was, of course, referring back to that passage in the book of Exodus, chapter 3, when he, God reveals himself to and says, I am is my name. I am God is what Jesus was saying. I am who I am. So who is Jesus? We're going to, to look this morning at, at who Jesus is. And very clearly, Jesus is the Son of God. Many commentators, many people will say, Jesus never actually claimed to be the Son of God. Well, they haven't read their Bibles properly if they haven't seen that. What did others say about Jesus? Well, John, the, the gospel writer says, when, at, at the end of it, he, he says, I've written these things that you may believe and know that Jesus is the Son of God. I have written these things that you may believe that he is the Son of God. John certainly believed it. Um, Peter, when, when in the gospel of Matthew, Peter says, you are the Christ, the Son of God. The devil himself acknowledged, if you are the Son of God, he wasn't... He wasn't trying to question the truth, but Jesus, he knew that Jesus was the Son of God. He was trying to undermine. And concerning his deity, who Jesus is himself, in the Gospel of John, in chapter 10, just a couple of pages over, Jesus says, I and the Father are one. Further on in the Gospel of John, he says, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. Jesus was claiming to be God. He was claiming deity. So this is who Jesus is. Paul wrote in, in his letters, he wrote in, in Colossians, he says, he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. He is the image of the invisible God. If you want to see God, look at Jesus, is what Paul was writing. Or further on in that letter, he says, in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead. In him, Jesus Christ is God. That is God. There is no ambiguity in what they're saying. In the book of Hebrews, it says he is the exact representation of God. Jesus is God. The scriptures say it over and over again, but we look at what Jesus himself said. Did he really claim to be the son of God? And he, he, he questions in, in ch chapter 10, again, of the gospel of John, he, he, he's being attacked by the, the Jews, and he says, you say I am blaspheming because I said I am the Son of God. Jesus obviously did say he is the Son of God. That's John chapter 10, verse 36. Further on in chapter 11, when, when we're dealing with the story of the raising of Lazarus, 
when the, 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 his own disciples are questioning him and they say, Rabbi, why did this have to happen? And in John chapter 11, verse 4, he says, this is so that the Son of God may be glorified. So that the Son of God may be glorified. And he was referring to himself. Again, in, in that same passage, Mary, when she's questioning about Jesus, why did you stay away? She says, I believe that you are the Son of God who is to come into the world. And Jesus never refuted them. He always accepted the acknowledgement that he is the Son of God. And, and similarly, when Jesus' opponents were, were dealing with him in, in, at his trial, at his death, in Matthew chapter 26, because he claimed to be the Christ, he claimed to be the Son of God. Jesus did claim to be the Son of God. Nathaniel, when, he, when Jesus spoke to him about the fig tree, Nathaniel said, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. There was an understanding that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And so when commentators or, or people say Jesus never claimed to be the Son of God, he certainly did. He never refuted it. He accepted praise, accepted acknowledgement that he is the Son of God. And yet, the title that Jesus used more than any other was that simple word, the Son of Man. It was precious to him, and we'll see that in just a moment. It was his preferred title, but Jesus never denied being the Son of God. And yet, to yourself, why did Jesus not openly say, I am the Son of God? Well, the very simple reason was it, it was if Jesus had early on in his ministry had come out and said, I am the Son of God, it would have riled the Jews so much that they would have reacted just as they did here. Says, I am. If Jesus had been stating that from the very start, they would have refused to listen. It was a, a gradual revelation, just as, for example, when Jesus was talking. But his death and resurrection, he explained that very gradually over a period of a couple of years to his disciples. The Son of Man must be crucified. Three days later, he rise. And they kept saying, this cannot be. And there has to be that gradual realization of who Jesus is, the Son of God. Um, and similarly, it would be the same when we're dealing, for example, with the Trinity, Excuse me. Um, you know, we, we come across the concept of the Trinity. It's nowhere actually explicitly mentioned in the scriptures, and yet it's very implicit in the scriptures. The, the Trinity, it's, it's nowhere openly spoken about, for example, in the Old Testament, and yet it's hinted at throughout. Um, and, and the reality is if God had tried to reveal to man in the Old Testament about the Trinity, it would have been utterly baffling. How can there be three gods, one God? Because let's face it, we struggle with the concept of the Trinity. The only reason that we can understand it now is that we have, as it were, seen Jesus. We know Jesus is God, and yet he prayed to the Father. And the Spirit, yeah, the Spirit has all the attributes of God. And, and so we, we have this gradual revelation that God is gradually revealing his eternal truth to us. Um, but really it was the coming of Jesus that allowed for mankind to understand the concept of the Trinity. And in our Western ways of thinking, um, when we use the term son, it must be said, we tend to think, you know, 
like Alex was up here with, with Josh while ago. Josh is Alex's son, and, and so Josh is, as it were, subject to Alex. He is obedient. He is derived from Alex. But when we speak in, in, in terms in the scriptures of Jesus being the Son of God, mean that Jesus is derived from the Father. It means he is of the same nature as the Father. Jesus says, I and the Father are one. Um, it, it is sameness of nature rather than one being subservient to or derived from another. The Father, Son, and Spirit are co-equal, co-eternal in power, in nature, and in glory, but they are three distinct persons. And, and that's important that we understand these things the Father is as much dependent on the Son as is on the Spirit. Self-existence and independence are properties of God, but not of the three distinct persons of the Trinity. I'll, ex I'll say that again. Self-existence and independence are properties of God, but not of the three distinct persons of the Trinity. Jesus is fully and essentially God, he is not part of God, because if that were so, he would not be God, because God cannot be divided. God is one. But back to the, the concept of the Son of God, Jesus is both the, the final revelation of God to man, and also that he alone is the only one who is fully qualified to speak God on behalf of man, because he is fully man. He is fully qualified to speak to man, on behalf of God, because he is God. This is, this is who Jesus is. Um, he alone has, has that position of, of power and authority. And some people would say, well, surely we're, we are all sons of God. And that's true in the sense that God is the father of all creation. But Jesus Christ is the son in that he is the very God. It could be said that we're all sons of God because we are born again, those who are born again. And that also is true. But Christ alone is the Son of God by nature. Those of us who are born again are sons of God, children of God, by adoption. It is a very distinct difference. Jesus is the Son of God by nature. He is God. And the Jews fully understood the consequences of Jesus' claim to be the, the Son of God. They may not have agreed with it, but they understood their theology and they realized what Jesus was claiming. And Paul writes in, in Romans chapter 1, he was saying that Jesus was declared to be the son of man by being a, sen a descendant of David, but he was to became the son of man, but he was always the son of God. And in doing so, Jesus lost none of his divinity. He remained fully the son of God, even as he became the son of man. But as I said, Jesus' favorite title was this, this phrase, the son of man. Um, did he always to describe himself and his ministry it was a statement that Jesus was fully man Jesus was not superman that's why earlier Peyton read that, that verse there came one like the son of man it's the origins of this term son of man are back in the Old Testament there came one like the son of man Daniel said with the clouds of heaven, he approached the Ancient of Days and was led into his presence. Christians worshipped him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away, and his kingdom will never end. This is the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of Man and the Son of God. 
And you, you say to yourself, but this, this son of man, what does it mean? Where did that term come from? And, and Bible scholars, they, they, I suppose there's an illustration they give that in, in the heavens, there was a conference. The Trinity got together and said, man has, man has lost his eternal place. We need to redeem mankind. How can we do it? And it was agreed on that someone within the Trinity would have to, have to take on humanity. He'd have to take on the place of man and win mankind back by, by dying in their place. Someone would have to take human form. And it was agreed then that the son would do this. And it was decided he would take on flesh and become fully man in every way. And if he was to become man, it's logical that he would take the title, well, he is the son of man. He is already the son of God, but now he is also becoming the son of man. And the father did not take that title. The spirit did not take that title, only the Lord Jesus. And so it became his exclusive property. And if it, a name very often has meaning. You know, if someone is a very, very fast runner, we'll say, let's call him Speedy. Or if someone has red hair, we'll call him Red. You know, that sort of, and it becomes, it, it's what's distinctive about someone is that he is the son of man. The father could not claim that title. Spirit could not claim that title. But Jesus, he, that he is the son of man. And he always referred to it because he alone was the son of man. The understanding that Hebrews tells us that he had to be make, make man in every way a priest. And having suffered and tempted, Jesus is able to help those who are suffering. Because they say, I know they're, you know, a while ago when the Gasons were up here, they, they showed the t-shirts, the, the Fields of Life t-shirts. It, it says, I've been there. I've been in that place and I, I've got the t-shirt to prove it. Jesus can say, I took on flesh and say I've been there. As Adam sinned in the flesh, Jesus shared in our humanity. And so Jesus, when, when he returns again, Jesus does not say that the Son of God will come to, to judge the earth. It says, on, on verse Matthew chapter 26, it says, the Son of Man will go as it is written about him. In chapter 24 in Matthew, it says, in an hour when you do not expect him, the Son of Man will come. He will return. Chapter 25, Matthew, it says, the Son of Man will come in all his glory. It is as the Son of Man, he will come back and he will say, I can judge the world because I've been there and I have the right to judge. And it's that wonderful title, the Son of Man, that, let's face it, we read over it and we take it for granted. But Jesus was tempted in a way just as we are, yet was without sin. And we could echo the words of Adam. Adam, when, when he was, was created, well, we can say of Jesus, he is one of us, bone of our bone and flesh of our flesh. He was fully man. Jesus knew what it was like to grow up in a sinful world. All the pains of childhood, Jesus knew those. Young man, and it was so different for Adam. When Adam was created, he did not have growing pains. Adam did not have to, to think, oh, you know, what will my father think or anything like this? But Jesus knew all of those things. 
Adam knew perfection from the start. Jesus knew what it was like to be born into a sinful world from the start. And there, there are many questions we could have about the childhood of Jesus. And if you're a thinking person, you read the scriptures and you wonder, what Jesus do or is that Jesus fully man? And therefore, he represents man before God in bearing our sin. And the early church, you know, when, when they struggled with, with, um, with heresy, one of the early questions was that Jesus was not really man. He only appeared to be a man. That was why John, the gospel writer, wrote his letters to confirm that Jesus has come in the flesh. He was fully man in every way. And one day, the good news for you and me is we will be like Jesus. Because John says in his letter, Dear children, now God, and it has not yet been revealed what we We know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall be he is. Jesus Christ is the Son of Man. He died for your sins. He is the Son of God, and he died for your sins. And this is who Jesus is when he says those simple words, and yet so profound, before Abraham was born, now I am God. I am the Son of God. I created all things to redeem you. And this is the Lord God whom we worship. It was Jesus' statement, but when his ministry, but that he is very God. Let's pray and give thanks to God for who he is. And, and think about these things, folks, because it will enrich you and make you love the Lord Jesus more. Father in heaven, we praise you that we have many, many blessings. Lord, it's a, a beautiful day. It's a lovely day for those who are going to the baptism later. We have wonderful fellowship with each other. Lord, we have the opportunity to serve you as, as we heard the report this morning from, from Africa. But Lord God, the richest and greatest thing we can ever know or ever think about is that the Son of God loved me and gave himself for me. Gracious God, cause us to think deeply on these things, not just to gloss over them, to read over them, but to think, to study, and to desire to follow you with all our heart and soul and mind and strength. Lord God, thank you for your word. Bless us as we are in just a little while going our separate ways. <clears throat> in Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. Thanks, Andrew. <coughs> <coughs>